What's the worst thing that could happen when you pitch your business? I'll wait. The worst thing that could happen, the literally the absolute worst thing that could happen in any scenario is them telling you no. That's it. Nothing else. That is the worst possible thing. Someone telling you no before the pitch, at the beginning of the pitch, in the middle of the pitch, or at the end. They tell you no. We don't want to buy your product. We don't want to use your service. We have no need for what you are offering. We are not interested. The answer is no. Now listen to me good. If someone tells you no, guess what? You simply are asking the wrong person to do business with you. It may be because of your price. It may be because of your product. It may be because it's the wrong timing. Maybe they don't have the need. They're not in demand. They don't see the value. Honestly, though it's good to know the answer, who cares? They told you no. And guess what else? It's not the end of the world. They have disqualified themselves from doing business with you. If you're anything like me, You're probably hoping to spend more time hitting the gym, going on vacation, getting some new tech, and my personal favorite, making more money this summer. But to do that, you and your team need to work smarter, not harder. That's why I'm so excited about HubSpot's integrated AI tech. ChatSpot and Content Assistant are baked right into your HubSpot CRM. It's literally helping teams automate the more tedious parts of running a business from research and strategy to content creation and my favorite optimization with just a simple chat command recent research shows that marketers are already slicing time spent on manual administrative tasks in half we're talking about going from five hours a day to 2.5 hours a day thanks to ai which amounts to almost four weeks per year in savings. Now listen, with all that extra time, you could binge more shows on Netflix and not feel guilty about it, pick up a new hobby, or catch up on your latest iDigress podcast episodes. Tap into HubSpot to stop staring at your screen and start enjoying your summer PTO. With that being said, learn more and get started today at HubSpot.com. I did a great episode, episode 26, titled Disqualified to Sell. Ironically enough, on page 120 of my book, Strategize Up, I also go into mega detail, learn how to save time and improve your sales pitch. Go check it out. We have to understand, I want people, as well as you, should want people to immediately disqualify themselves from wasting more of your time and energy. Nothing is worse than doing the prep work, going into a situation you think is like the ideal scenario with the ideal customer, with the ideal decision maker being present. You've done all the work, you've done all the research, you've done the analysis, you've primed and prepped. Now you're trying to win the day. And then at the end of all of it, you don't have a clear answer. It's very ambiguous. And now you wait and you wait and you wait. And God forbid, you're hoping this deal goes through 
so you can sustain yourself. God forbid you put all your eggs in this one basket, hoping that it will take off. And you wait a little more. You go through denial. Should I follow up? Should I ask around? You convince yourself of all the different scenarios. And eventually you might get an answer. And the answer is no. That is one of the worst feelings ever. Because immediately, for most people, you go to a place of, I wish they would have told me no sooner. I wish I would have saw the signs earlier on in the process, early on in the sales cycle, earlier on in the nurturing, in the conversations. Did I miss body language cue? Did I not perceive certain words the right way? Did I not articulate myself in the right fashion? Did I miss something? This should have been a done deal. All this energy, all this time, all this money, whatever the case, whatever the assets committed to this moment that you hoped would bloom into a financial boost, a launch pad or sustainability moment for you and your business. And it didn't happen. Now, what if I told you if you shift how you present, how you position your conversations with ideal potential customers and clients, or even existing customers and clients when you're up to renew or upsell, and you find the value prop and you modify it to their need and get clear distinction on if this is a thing I should invest my energy and time in to show proof of concept or not. And really that comes down to focusing on disqualifying them in the beginning versus trying to show proof of your value at the beginning. It's a difference. It takes some skill. It takes some practice. And it takes you to really be clear about who you are, what your business is, and whom you're actually trying to serve. And with whatever you're offering, what is the timeline to see success? Can you quantify success? Can you define success? And does what success look like to what you're defining? Is that the same level of expectation to the people you're pitching it to? Do they have a sense of urgency? And a big one here. Can they actually afford at not your bottom line at a price point that you actually can make a profit, a good margin? Can they actually afford it? Is it easy for them? There shouldn't be as much friction or resistance. If I qualify that they can afford the price that I want them to pay, if I qualify that they are in an ideal scenario that the risk levels are low, if I qualify that I want to work with these individuals and that whatever I'm offering can actually help them. And they understand the value in what I'm doing based off their problem that we're hoping to help solve or minimize for them through this process with this money being paid. Now I can go full all out to make sure that we just fine tune everything to close the deal. You see, sometimes we jump the gun too early or we live in denial and wait too late. What's up, digital world? You're listening to the I Digress Audio Experience with Joy Sandin. Social media, marketing, storytelling, business, culture, and more. Coming to you in three, two, one. This whole thing is about timing. This whole thing is about process. This whole thing is about getting it right. Not to the level where you have to be a perfectionist, but to a level where you have a good sense of consistency. Well, your percentages of energy and effort going into something and the value and the financial gains you get in return balance themselves out where you have a good, solid business foundation. Well, Troy, what in the world does that mean in this moment? One thing I want to put to bed right now, the customer is not always right. Sit with that. 
You know, there's so many phrases and quotes that we carry around as if they're law. And in actuality, most times we're misquoting these things. The customer is not always right. Nor should you let the customer lead you on how you need to run your business. That's why it's your job to make alignment occur where we're in parallel. We are partners. I am here to serve you, but I am not your servant. Let me say that again. I'm here to serve you in a very specific capacity that is within my zone of genius to solve a problem that you have that I am equipped to solve for. But I am not your servant. I will not be at your beck and call. I am not your employee. You don't run me. We are building a relationship. We are establishing a partnership to do a specific job that may require me to do a certain level of task and commit to a certain amount of communication to therefore produce a certain outcome by a certain time interval. And in exchange, you pay me 50% up front, 25% in the middle, 25% at the end. Ideal scenario. Obviously, some people wait till they produce something to get paid or they get paid up front. However you want to do that, it's a whole other conversation of price negotiations. Nevertheless, being crystal clear about who you serve and who you are. Again, serve, not be a servant to. Serve. I will serve you in a capacity. I will not be a servant to you. I refuse to be in a situation where I'm under duress. We will have established KPIs. We will understand our OKRs. We will know what the milestones are. We will know what the check-ins are. We will know the plan. We will have the vision. We will know who's required, who needs to be on the team, what resources are needed, what information is needed, what access needs to be granted. And we're going to figure all this out, combine it all together, and make magic happen. I was reading a post on LinkedIn by Chris of pclub.io. And he was breaking down a scenario where we give the potential client so much ammunition and we say yes too quickly. I'll have a link to his post in the show notes. But I really want to break down three sales lessons from his post that I thought were very valuable that I want to share in this moment. The first one, don't agree to the first ask without further qualification. Number two, It's not your customer's job to create the right order of operations in your mutual success plan. It is yours. And number three, when customers have big asks in the sales cycle, don't agree to them until you know what still has to happen after you've completed it. Sometimes I like to think that more businesses need to think like lawyers. And I know lawyers get a bad rep, but hear me out for one moment. High-level lawyers want to keep their winning percentage high. High is humanly possible. So that means they have to go through a certain series of questionnaires and scenarios to qualify someone to ensure the probability of a win is astronomically high and that the risks are very low. How do they do that? Sure, the pricing is significantly high, but they want to hear the story. They want to hear the narrative. They want to know the facts. And without enough facts, without enough details, they will not work with you. The risk is too high. In the same way, I want to keep my winning percentage high, and so should you. The more wins we get, and the wins being more consistent, the more we can grow and scale. Transform from being a lovable loser team to becoming a championship dynasty. But that requires you to have a winning culture. That requires you to have a winning product. 
but that also distinctively requires you to qualify and or disqualify the industry, the clients, who you interact with, the opportunities. If I were to do this, is there a strong probability that I will be successful, achieve their goals, which in turn achieves my goals of getting paid what I need to get paid to reinvest into the business, to sustain my business, to scale my business to a point where I want to get to in my timeline and window of opportunity. Many times we just think transactionally. We exchange the time and energy and effort for some change without wondering or questioning, yeah, I got the money, but I need to look at that money differently. How much is going back into the business? How much is going to pay me? How much is going to pay for expenses? How much is being put into savings for a rainy day fund? How much is paying any consultants or contractors or employees that you have? How much is going into exploration of new markets or new products or new services or new opportunities? How much is going to sales? How are you allocating your budget for sales and marketing and operations? All from the money you get from the service and offering that you provide. It's not as simple. Now, what I find this being the most difficult is when you are a small business or an entrepreneur or a startup where you're used to being the only one. Yeah, it's a little easier to just exchange the money, pay your taxes, pay expenses, and you just keep the rest. And you just keep going, keep going until things get dry or things take off or whatever. But then when you start growing and you're responsible for more people, you have more technology, you have more systems, you have to navigate a lot more things, that's when things get wonky. And the exchange of money is not so simple. It's actually quite complicated until you make a system to simplify it and delegate where the money goes. It doesn't go directly into your pocket anymore. It has to go through a certain channels of things. And then after all that's left, that's yours. Now, I'm not a financial advisor. That's not my place. I'm not an accountant. That's not my place. But if I were to come into your business and I want to see the facts of how you operate, how much money you made in the last 30, 60, 90, in comparison to your expenses and your costs, in comparison to what you actually want to achieve over the next 3, 6, 9, 12 months, you're knocking on my door. I don't know what's happening. I want to grow. I want to expedite the growth and pace of my business exponentially, but I don't have the foundation. I don't have the habits. I don't have the systems. I don't have the infrastructure to even sustain me where I am right now, what I have right now. Because in most cases, if you look at the numbers, if you look the data, if you look where the money is going, how the money is being achieved, how it's being acquired, and what you're doing with it, what you're investing in it, there's probably a certain margin of skew, a certain margin of percentages of error, where if you just cleaned up the operations just a little bit, you probably would add more profit margin to your bottom line just by reviewing your operations and everything within it and modifying it, simplifying it to the bare minimum of what you need and eliminate things you just got in the habit of paying or doing that isn't contributing at all to your business. That's step one. And guess what? That's free. Once you know where to look, do a full audit of your business, you can see where things are going and improving. Yeah, I'm investing money and paying for these ads, but after a certain point, if it's not making sense financially and not contributing to what you want to do, let it go and reinvest that money somewhere else. Or that just saves you money, eliminates a cost that keeps your margins just a little bit higher. Again, I'm not a financial advisor, but this matters in business. This matters as you grow. These simple, fundamental things, people make mistakes with every single day. Every single day. When you do those fundamentals and you add on 
qualifying and disqualifying in your sales process. I find when I know internally what I need, the number I need to hit, if I'm 10 minutes in the conversation and it feels like they cannot contribute, they will not commit, they struggle to see the value at that price point, I'm probably going to shut it down unless they reaffirm me that they're willing to do so. When we do the introspection, do the investigation of it all, we can initialize the right perspective to hold people accountable to the desired outcome that we want, giving us X amount of dollars to move forward. And if they're not, well, sorry, I can't do business with you because the way the business is set up, the way everything is running, I can't afford not to be paid at that price. And in the manners that I want my business to work, period, that protects me from myself to just giving in to saying, hey, they're going to throw money at us. Doesn't matter if it's the amount of money that I want. I want another client. Great. Good new business. But it's going to cost me more to maintain this client and serve them than the money they're going to pay me for. it. And yet they're going to hold me to the same standard of an ideal client scenario that is paying me the highest amount. Then you got a PR issue. Then you got a brand positioning issue. And then you don't want to have your reputation tarnished because you didn't deliver. So what are you going to do? How about we save all of us the trouble, be more transparent, be more honest, be more diligent, and let people disqualify themselves as quickly as humanly possible. I'm not afraid to let someone tell me no. I need to be able to make sure that I get enough yeses within the ideal scenario that I want. Everybody else can tell me no. There are too many businesses, there are too many individuals on this planet with money, with a need, that if you find them, enough of them will tell you yes to make you successful. Now, if you're finding an abundance of no's, either you're in the wrong industry, your product, your service, your offering doesn't make sense, your MVP is terrible, your go-to market, probably not that good, or face the facts, there is not enough demand for what you're trying to offer. So that means you either pivot, you double down on it, or you switch. You switch industries, you switch products or services, you switch your entire business model. Now, that may be extreme. And I would always say, give yourself more time and more grace to pursue and see it through before you jump the gun and do a 180. Nevertheless, these are the things you have to think about in business, period. These are the moves you need to make. It's not all about what does my logo look like? What does my website look like? How's my social media coming? Look, I need you to get some money in your pocket to show proof of concept the business is valuable. Then I need you to get enough money where you can sustain yourself. Yes, the social media and the website and the logo and the SEO and all these other things that marketers and thought leaders have pushed down people's mental funnels for years as if it's the first thing you need to do. I always challenge now and say, can you make money from this first and then focus on other things? of consumers expect brands to promote diversity and inclusion in their online advertising and messaging. So how does one get started with inclusive language for their brand? How do you start creating content that creates a culture of belonging? Inclusion and Marketing, hosted by Sonia Thompson, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Inclusion and Marketing digs deep into principles like belonging, customer experience, and diversity to equip you to embrace and authentically practice inclusive marketing. 
As a result, you and your teams will be poised to win the attention, adoration, and loyalty of a broader group of consumers who feel like they belong with you. Listen to Inclusion and Marketing wherever you get your podcasts. I've shared this story before and I'll share it again. There was a time where I let people convince me that my unique username should be the moniker of me in the name of my business. And so I did so. Find Troy Marketing Solutions, LLC. I wasn't making any money. It was a joke. I love your branding. By the way, like it's just how like how Fine Troy comes together. That logo at the top left, it's it's just like clean, but it's really nice. How'd you come up with that? Well, at the time in another life, I was massive a social media marketer extraordinaire, and the username took off to a point where it was synonymous to me, and that's how I built everything around at the time. Hmm. And then I met a mentor who gave me the tea and was like, "You want to grow? You are limited by this." moniker ceiling that is limiting your ability. And so it took me two years. I wrote a book. I rebranded. I trademarked Strategy Hacker. I built Strategy Hackers. And without well, without even having the website, just the name alone got me new business in the realm I wanted to go to. And so sometimes just because everyone is saying, this is a great idea, this is you, we know you, it doesn't match the results that you want. And for me, it, it wasn't. It was very limiting. But without the individual telling me the truth, and looking through a different lens, I would have never, I would have thought it was me. I would have thought it was other factors when they told me exactly what I needed to do to transition. And I course corrected. And then here we are. So if I can try to say back what I just heard, a mentor helped you find Troy by losing the find Troy moniker and rebranding as strategy hackers, which actually helped Troy help more people. Exactly. (laughs) Okay. I got my ears open today. I'm ready. Trey, who was that mentor? Who was that person? How did you come across them? It was someone I looked up to for years. Hmm. You know how you listen to a podcast and you read a book or you watch a video and you feel like you know a person? Like yeah. in my own little world, that was he was part of my tribe, even though we've never technically talked. And so one day I happened to get to a certain level where we actually shared the same speaking stage. <gasps> and I just so happened to have the slot right after him. So he did his keynote, blew everyone out the water. I'm getting mic'd up. He's taking his mic off. And, you know, you're like, you've been built in for this moment. I know this person. This person doesn't know you. But in your mind, you don't know that. You think that they know you too. You know, I go in, I have the conversation. He stops me and he's like, I know who you are. One, I was shocked. Two, he's like, but you have way more potential than what you're doing right now. And then he's like, drop the fine Troy. It's limiting you. And And I was like, what do you mean? Are you getting the clients that you want? Are you making the money that you want? What is the thing that's stopping you? I'm having good conversations and they don't sign the proposals. I don't get further along. He says, because you're not framing for who you're trying to reach. You look like a superhero costume, but you're not a real superhero. Take it off. Show them who you really are. They'll respect you more for it. And I was like, wow. If you enjoy that segment, you'll definitely enjoy episode 85 of the Augmenters podcast with Julie and Jimmy where I was their guest. We talked about my branding journey, exploring how I was able to transform from a social media marketer to the renowned strategy hacker and the host of this podcast. And I felt this was a good plug-in to put 
that segment into this episode, not only to ricochet many of my listeners to that episode and also to explore more of the Augmenters podcast, which is also part of the HubSpot Podcast Network, but to see the journey and the time and the effort and energy it takes to modify how you're doing business, how to qualify and disqualify your actual actions, how you can be doing everything right. And if you're not getting the outcomes that you want, you have to take a hard look at the mirror and realign and reset accordingly. Now, I hope you enjoyed that segment snapshot. Let's get back to the episode. But everyone that I've allowed in that circle at that time was saying it was great. But they're looking at the lens of uniqueness and perspective. They weren't looking through the lens of financial stability and money based off who I was trying to reach to make money, to serve in a certain capacity. It took someone outside of that circle, outside of that bubble, to then tell me to my face, you're hitting the ceiling because of your name. That's it. That's preposterous. My value is here. This is here. Perception is reality. And based off your perception of how you're positioning yourselves, we don't know what you can do. We don't know who you are. I don't know if I should spend money on you. So I changed it. Took a while. Took a hard reset. Trademark strategy hacker. Initially, I did a DBA for strategy hackers. And eventually, I had to convert that into the name of the business, strategy hackers. And I'm like, I got to do a website. I got to do all this stuff. Do you know, with no website, with no literal ties to the name, I put together some random word art typeface strategy hackers. I put on a proposal. Send it to someone, and within 72 hours, it was signed. Now, I'll be honest with you, I've sent that exact same proposal before. Not a thing. Well, sure, you can't say it was because of the name. I 1,000% of certainty can say it was because of the name. Do your research. Do your due diligence. Eliminate as much friction as humanly possible to get the sale. Stop thinking, I'm doing everything right from a tactical perspective. If your tactics are not first ironed out in strategy, nothing will happen. It's like you go into the gym. Yeah, I can lift all these heavy weights. I can do all these different cardios. I can eat all these random things, watch my micros and my macros, switch around, see how much I'm doing from carbs and protein, all these different things. But if it's not in a congruent strategy, you're just doing a lot of things, burning a lot of energy, but going nowhere fast. I want better for you. I want better for me. I want better for us. So let's put in the work to define who we want to work with. But most importantly, it's not just about personas. We got to understand, we have to present ourselves in a way to attract the right audience for them to immediately be able to qualify themselves to learn more or disqualify themselves that they're not the right candidate without us exerting so much energy at the beginning. I want more people to say no at the top of a funnel than yes and waste my time going down my funnel, going through nurturing campaign cycles that ultimately, if I would have just told them the price, they would have been out. Or ultimately, if I told them and explained them, I'm only doing X, Y, Z and not these other three things that maybe this other agency or this other consultant has positioned and branded themselves to do, they'd be out. I don't got time for it. Neither do you. So it's all about building those systems and processes to allow you to make the necessary adjustments up front with your language, your copy, your marketing, your sales funnels to qualify them or help them to disqualify themselves. And if at the beginning we have everything in the right way to command industry, command demand, command need, reaffirm we are the solution provided for your pain point, we can make some things happen. So I challenge you to move in those ways. Embrace disqualification 
and learn how to pace yourself and how you do sales. Ensure that you are in the right realm, that the demand is high, the need is high, and what you offer as a solution will work for months and years to come. One of my favorite events of the year is fastly approaching. I'm talking about HubSpot's annual inbound conference in Boston. Some of the headlining speakers are Reese Witherspoon, Andrew Huberman, the captain himself, Derek Jeter, Stephen Bartlett, Guy Raz, and there's so much more. With multiple stages featuring industry experts and tracks from sales strategy to AI and innovation, you will walk away with practical tips that you can put into action right away. So mark your calendars for September 5th through the 8th. You can click on the link in the show notes to see all the speakers, the full agenda, and to get your tickets. Get your tickets now. And that's a wrap. We hope you enjoyed this episode of I Digress. What was your takeaway? Care to share your thoughts and tag Troy on social media? You can find him on all platforms at Find Troy. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a review or comment for this episode from wherever you're listening. Looking for a marketing strategist to build the structure, strategies, and systems you need to get the success you want and the ROI you desire in your business? Book a discovery call to talk with Troy at findtroy.com. And as Troy's philosophy goes, imagination is the engine, content is the fuel, social media is the highway, marketing is the roadmap, sales is the destination, culture is the GPS. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 